Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. All righty, gang. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. We got another really good show for you today. Today is Text the Show Wednesday. You get to text in the show at 949-374-0786 and let me know. If you have any burning questions that you want an answer to, I will answer all questions whenever they come in. And then what we do at the end of this show is we give away a a T-shirt to one lucky texter. So if you're watching the show and you have a question, feel free to text it in to me and then I will answer your question as soon as you text it to me. Make sure you leave your name and then we will give away a free shirt at the end of this. If I remember, if I don't get too excited talking about fishing, I try to give away a free shirt every time we do the text the show to one lucky texter. So try to text in any questions you have about what's going on. What do you want to learn? What videos would you like me to make? And uh, I will answer all questions like I do every Wednesday. And then tomorrow we're going to have Kelly Girl in on the show. And Kelly Girls and I are going to tell a story about our life together and what's, what's happening. And it should be a good story. We used to do story time every single day. So we have a lot of great stories. If you haven't heard our stories, let me know. But today is... Uh, Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance Thursday. We always start the show off with Sport Fishing Alliance. And Larry Hansen's got some phenomenal deals over there at Sport Fishing Alliance. Kelly Girl and I are going to do the Alaska trip. I, I suggest that you scan this QR code, check out all the great things going on at Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance. You're going to get to save on your trips. By simply, when you talk to Larry, you mentioned that you saw it here on your saltwater guide. When you scan this, it's going to take you directly to Larry's website. And this is by far the best fishing destination website ever put together. The amount of information you get, the amount of safety you feel by going with the group to some of these destinations like Mexico, Alaska, Going out on a sport boat in San Diego, he's got some great deals going on. He's got a great deal in in uh, August on the success. He's got some phenomenal deals on fishing Lopez Mateo and then Alaska. Absolute must. You've got to check out Alaska. You've got to get up there. There's no easier way. Just scan this the uh, QR code right there. Scan it. Get involved in sport. Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance. Larry won't let you down. He's got the same last name as I do, so that can't be a bad thing. But just hit that QR code real quick. We're going to pull it down here in just a second, and we're going to get into our show. Don't forget, it's Text the Show Wednesday. Every Wednesday, we do Text the Show. And it's all about you guys. It's all about getting as much of my information out to you. And also I take requests on videos you want to see. 
I put out three brand new videos every single day. Plus, we do this show Monday through Friday at 12 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. The only live podcast that goes out five days a week that I know of. If you know of a different one, maybe you should watch that one. But this is the only one I know of. So grab that code. We're pulling it down. Don't forget Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance. So if you leave a question, if you text the show and you let me know what you want to know, make sure you leave your name so I know who you are. And then uh, we will try to make sure we don't get too excited and we give away that shirt at the end of the show to one lucky texter. And today we were going to try to talk a little bit about um, white sea bass because what's happening, what's going on out here, what the season's starting to look like. With the cold water and the phenomenal amount of squid everywhere, I think you're going to see some pretty exciting coastal bites on the sea bass. And I think you're going to see some pretty spectacular bites over at Catalina and Santa Barbara Island and San Clemente Island. I just think we're in store for a pretty fun sea bass spring. And then we'll see what the summer brings. And I hear there's an awful lot of bluefin roaming around out there. So I don't think the bluefin is going to be a problem this year, but... You never know what kind of tuna is going to show up in Southern California, especially because it's been a very, very long time since we've seen anything like a winter like we've just had. But the amount of squid in our waters and the amount of uh, light boats and saners that aren't going to be working because the market's been flooded with squid all year. So they don't have any need or desire to go out there and catch that squid. So I think you're going to see a lot of light boats selling squid at Catalina, like I talked about yesterday. And uh, I think that will all bode very well for what we're in store for. So we got our first question. And this is coming from uh, David Lee. He wants to know, why does everyone fight to fish off the stern on a sport fishing boat trip? Well, the number one reason, Dave, is if you're offshore fishing tuna, it's super important to be on that downhill, downhill side corner to cast your bait because 99.9% .9 of the boats drift stern first. So it's always good to get a bait in that downhill corner where the chummer's chumming. And that's one reason. The other reason is because the bait tank's back there on the back of the boat. And the other reason is because it's got more room than anywhere else on the boat. So those are three very, very important reasons. And those are reasons why I believe there's Marley, by the way, jumping around right here. He's all fired up to be on the show here. Let's put this back a little bit so you can see him. And if you're new to the show, that's our rescue monkey. That's Marley. We adopted him down here in Mexico. And, uh, so if you've never seen Marley, he is a monkey. He's the smallest monkey in the world. He's a marmoset monkey. He's, his head is the size of my thumb. He's a very, very small monkey. He's over a year old now. So, But back to the original question from David Lee. He, the reason why most people fish the stern is because it's the com most comfortable place. It's by the bait tank. It's where all the action is. It's where the chum's going out. It's got most room for casting and for fishing and it's just much more comfortable. There's two places that most seasoned fishermen will go to. There'll be the stern guys that love to be in the stern, and there'll be the bow guys that love to cast the iron. And then everyone else will be sprinkled up the sides of the boat, which 
on the sides, that's normally the hardest spot to fish because you don't have a lot of room between the rail and the house. Usually the fishing rods are stacked up along the, the house and uh, it's hard for people to get up and down with your longer rods sticking out back there. So those are just a few of the reasons why I believe most people like to fish the stern, comfortability, the bait, and all those different things just make it much easier for fishing. That's why I think everybody, and then the guys that like to throw the jigs, they like to be up on the bow. So while we wait for some more questions, and remember, gang, we've got a lot of people just joined us. If you send in a text message, I will answer your question to the best of my ability. But then also, one lucky texter is going to win a shirt today. So if you got a question, don't be afraid to text it in here. One thing I promise you, it's not like any other social media platform. I do not believe in negativity. I do not believe in beating people up for asking decent questions. And I just cannot think that any of you could handle the amount of money. I mean, the amount of negative comments that Captain Dave gets on a daily basis. We're getting 30 million views a month right now. And uh, we're getting a massive amount of negative comments. And I don't want anybody sharing negative here on any of my, any of my live stuff. We'll just ban you instantly. And then same with our website at yoursaltwaterguide.com. When you're over on my website, we allow zero negativity over there. So make sure you hit that QR code. If you want to be a member of our website, that's an app that I developed for our members. It's... I don't know, go out and try to build an app, gang. It takes a phenomenal amount of time and money to build an app. I built an app. It's a, it's a, for you, built by a fisherman for fishermen. I don't think there's much apps out there like that. So we have another question here from Chris Perez. I'm watching your YouTube live feed. My question is, when should you use heavy jigs versus light jigs, tatties and salises, iron types? What type of situation or scenario is best for both types? Well, here's the deal. And Chris, that's a phenomenal question. And I appreciate that you asked that question. It's uh, normally in the wintertime when the water's a little bit colder or the early spring, that yellowtail and the white sea bass seem to be hanging more down on the bottom, feeding on that squid or on the bait fish that are hanging out on the bottom. And as the water temperature starts to get warmer, those fish will move up into the upper water column. So winter time and early spring is going to be more yo-yo in the iron when you're marking the fish down deep. Once you're marking fish above a hundred feet, then it's all surface iron. It's all surface. It's all fishing on the surface. When you're marking that fish below a hundred feet, when you're marking it from two, from a hundred down to 300, that's going to be more of your yo-yo iron type of stuff. And then when that fish, or excuse me, yeah, when that fish is getting marked above from 100 feet up, understand, and like I try to explain to all my members, how fast can you walk 100 feet? Pretty darn quick. A fish can go from 100 to zero with one flick of his tail in a second. And remember, his whole job is to try to eat, make more fish. So he's swimming around looking up all the time for food. He's constantly looking for food like little Marley is right here. Marley's looking, see if there's any snacks for him being a part of the show. 
so that's the two different types of fishing. When the captain on the boat is saying, hey, I'm marking the fish much higher, then you're going to want to use your surface iron. Also, when you're fishing kelp paddy, yellowtail, dorado, you're going to want to use surface iron, not so much of that yo-yo stuff, unless you're marking a bluefin underneath the kelp paddy at two, 300 feet down, then you're going to drop down your yo-yo iron or your flat balls or your knife jigs or your carnata uh, type jigs to get down there to where those fish are when they're stacked up down deep. But when the fish are up high and when you see them on a kelp paddy or you're fishing at the islands and you see kelp stringers or you're fishing in 100 feet of water at the island, it's all surface iron, surface iron, surface iron, surface iron, because those fish are up in that water column looking for some food. They want to they want to eat. They want to get up there and they want to feed on the surface. And that, that's when that surface iron is going to come into play and it's going to help you out tremendously. Matt Sharkey, I fish off a 21-foot center console, 35-gallon bait tank. Last year, it seems like I lost a lot of bait dying off. Is it mostly reasons going too fast and beating up the bait or other reasons? Matt, send me a, another, another, uh, follow-up question. What I'm going to ask you is, is your bait tank round or oval in shape? Does the water flow in from the top to the bottom or does it flow right in on the top? Because if it flows in on the top, then the water's flowing out on the top also. It doesn't flow out in the bottom. If, so if your water's just coming straight in the top, dumping in, and then dumping out on the top, then you got no movement of water inside the tank and remember the whole bait tank has to change all the water in it every eight minutes not just the top of it so when you put your plug in and you turn your bait pump on your tank should fill up in somewhere between seven and a half and eight minutes that's ideal why because that's the ideal time believe me Family owns nine sport boats. Dad's been in the industry since 1947. We have a half a clue, okay? And it's all live bait. If you've ever been on a sport boat, the whole back of the boat's live bait. We know how to keep live bait alive. So that bait tank needs to flow from the top to the bottom. That's why most bait tanks, if you look, they have like a piece of PVC pipe with holes drilled in it down one side that allows that water to flow in a circular direction. And it can flow... It can dump out the top, but if the water comes in on the top and comes out on the top, that that's not a bait. That's not a live bait tank. That's a live bait killing box. And if it's square, the bait has no chance to swim. If it has no chance to swim, then it's got no chance to be alive. So that's what I'm talking about as far as that goes. We're getting a lot of questions now. Everybody wants to win that t-shirt. That's cool. Thank you very, very much. So just bear with me as I read some of these questions and we'll do our very best to answer. Here's a great question from Kevin P. Dave, what are your thoughts on using the radio when fishing? Any etiquette or best practices? I normally keep to myself, but sometimes hear a bunch of clatter. Thanks for the content. Great. I have a whole series on this. Gang, also, all of you that are asking questions, you've got to download my app. Gang, all this stuff, the bait tank, the radio, all these great questions, how to fish, where to fish, what to fish for, are available on my app. We're going to answer your question, Kev, I promise. 
But just hit that QR code with your phones, everybody, or your iPads or whatever you're watching on, and get that app on your phone so you don't have to ever suck at fishing again. Grab that, get it. I'm going to pull the QR code down right now. So if you don't got it, it's going bye-bye. There it goes. All right. So the radio is, and I do this seminar at shows all the time. The radio is not your friend. The radio is not your friend. Kevin, have you ever been in a wide open bite? I'm sure you have. Is the only thing you could think about was getting on the radio and calling everybody and telling them to get over there right away because you're catching fish and you want every boat on, on the water to get out there and come fish with you? Is that is that what you do? Heck no. Listen, gang. I ran boats for a very long time. I ran sport boats. I ran yachts. I want to tell you something right now. You're never going to hear any of us on the yachts or on the sport boats on the VHF radio. Okay, the VHF radio on your boat should be for one thing and one thing only. For an emergency situation, you should keep it on channel 16. And yes, you should help if there's an emergency and you should be able to answer anybody that's calling in distress. And you might be around them, that might help. But other than that, that radio should never be used for fishing. I promise you, you're never going to get any. I know your sister's brother's aunt's cousin once ran to some radio fish and it worked out well. Let me just explain something to you. 90% of those people on the radio are sitting in their house or sitting in their parking lot or sitting at the launch ramp. They're not actually out on the water. There's that QR code again. I'm sorry. I just saw that message. Grab that QR code, gang. I'm going to pull it back down because it's very rude to have that up when I'm trying to talk. Hit the QR code right now. Get it. Why, why I'm talking. I'm going to pull it down. And uh, what I'm trying to tell y'all is that radio is not your friend. Okay. It's not going to help you catch any fish. It just won't. There's never, ever going to be a time where I'm like talking to my members or on our website or on the community when we're talking at the end of the day. I've never, ever seen anybody. Go, yeah, I was out fishing in... Uh, Jimmy Joe Jack from Jimmy Joe Jacksonville called us in on a wide open bite. It doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. The radio is not your friend. I don't even turn it on. If I see someone in distress somewhere, I'll turn on 16. But I'm not using the radio as a tool to go fishing. For gosh sakes, we have cell phones and sat phones and, and uh, we have the internet. We have... Uh, Set net, uh, Starlink now, so we can use WhatsApp all the time and talk to each other out on the water. It's so easy now. And we don't use the radio to communicate between Todd Manser, Dave Hansen, uh, Pete Grosbeck. None of those guys are calling each other on the radio and giving out any real information. A lot of people are giving out fake information. And I do a I do like a little bitty mini stand-up thing about that, how I can see you on your boat and I can drive your boat from my boat by putting out number. I can tell you're either on the radio on channel 72 or 65. Those are the only two channels you know. Your broker or whoever sold you the boat told you that's how you hear all the guys. You'll either hear them on 72 or 65. Okay, you're never going to get any real info. You're never going to get any good info. If you're going to go out fishing with your buddies, and you don't have 
the internet out there on the water, you don't have a way to, you guys pick a channel, go to six, go to seven, go to five, go to one, go to, go to a channel and work on that channel together as buddy boats. But don't ever think that people you don't know are going to give you quest, give you good information on the radio. It's just not going to happen. I promise you. And you can argue with me and you can leave all your comments on all my videos. That's fine. But all I got is truth. I just tell the truth and went. So don't fish by the radio ever. I love the guy that doesn't doesn't have a plan, isn't involved with anyone's website. He's not a member of our website. You hear him in the morning as they leave at nine o'clock. Hey, anybody out there on the 209? Anybody out there on the 209? <laughs> yeah, I answer all those. Yeah, I'm out here on the 209. Why? What's up? Anything going on? Yeah, it's wide open. You better get out here. It's wide open. It's all you could ever want. Millions and millions of fish. What are you looking for to catch? Oh, you're looking for Dorado? Yeah, there's millions of them. The water is 57 and, and it's brown and there's a million Dorado. Are you kidding me, gang? Are you kidding? <laughs> Don't turn on your radio and try to fish. Turn off your radio. The number one thing I would say to make sure that you're going to catch fish Turn off your radio, get a plan, go to somebody's website that's giving you a game plan, Fish Dope, Billy K, Captain's Concept, or maybe you want to go over to your saltwater guide and get a real game plan to what's going on out on the water. Somebody's going to give you a plan. Stick with the plan. Download my app. Get it on your phone. You'll never suck again. I won't let you suck unless you're into that. But don't fish by the radio ever, Kev. Okay, hopefully that helps. Tim, I have done many videos on the website about fish finders. I, I will do a little bit about one. Let's just say Monday or Tuesday next week, we'll talk fish finders on the live sh on our podcast. And uh, just to be honest, and Mel Bacon taught me this, buddy. It's not a fish finder. It's a pedometer. The machine is a fadometer. You'd be like, nope, I'm not buying a fadometer. I want a fish finder. Well, I'm a fish finder. Your saltwater guide app is a fish finder. Tim's a fish finder. Kevin's a fish finder. The machine is called a fadometer. And I know you guys in Florida, you know way more than I ever will. You're like, no, mine's a sounder. No, it's not. Just because they slap sounder on the it's a fedometer. That's what they were. That's what they are. And it, why is it called a fedometer? Because it meters the depth. And the ocean's depth is set up in fathoms. So fathom meter, fedometer. That's what the machines called. Then they people wouldn't buy them because they wanted a fish finder. So they slapped the name fish finder on the side of the fedometer. And now you all got a fish finder. Except if you're in Florida, you have a sounder. <laughs> the same machine. It's a pedometer. You call it whatever you want. You can call it a potato. I don't care. But the real name is pedometer. All right. And then we lost 12 people there because we we're picking on Florida. Oh, well. You never last in my world. If you can't handle that little joke. Okay. Matt came back. Oval flows in from the bottom. All right. Perfect. If it just flows in from the bottom and it doesn't have anything that's going to deflect the water if the water's just shooting straight in you need to put a pv put a like a, a 90 degree 
PVC pipe fitting and then a piece of pipe coming up with an end cap on the top, drill quarter 20 holes down one side. So the water hits the wall of the tank and goes in an oval shape. So it allows your bait to swim against the current. Cause if the water's just rushing in there from the bottom, it's turning it into a washing machine. And every time those poor little fish get washed by it, all their scales get washed off and then watch your flow, watch your flow, make sure that your flow is going in the right direction so that it doesn't so that it doesn't um, make sure your flow is going in the right direction so that it doesn't uh, just go in one direction and mess up the uh, mess up the bait. It has to go, excuse me, make sure it goes in one direction so it's not messing up the bait so that the bait has a chance to swim against the current. If it's just water flowing in there, they can't swim against the current. I'm trying to read all these questions every single time, so I'm sorry. So you got to make sure that that water's flowing in one direction so that the fish has a chance to swim against the current. They got to be able to swim in that bait tank. And then the next thing I would do is I would... Slow down when you're loading your bait. When you pull up to the bait barge, tell them, hey, I'm going out for a couple days. Can we load it light? And then put in a little bit of bait at a time and watch how your bait reacts in the bait tank and see if it's swimming. If it's all laying sideways and going to sleep on the bottom right away, then you don't want to load very much in there. If it's all swimming really, really good and it's swimming right around on the closer to the bottom, then it's got a very good chance of living in your bait tank. And it will, you'll be able to put more bait in there. But you got to pay attention when you're loading your bait. Don't beat it on the side of the bait tank when you're dumping it in there. Grab the scoop from the boat, from the bait barge attendant and load it proper. Just like I show on my website, your saltwater guide. I show you exactly how to load the bait in the bait tank so that it lives proper and that you have enough bait when you get out there. Hopefully that helps you a little bit. And, uh, we got going in the right direction. All right. So let's see another question. We got a lot of questions. Rick from Orange. If you don't have access to fresh squid, what would be the best bait or lure to use for white sea bass? Well, Rick, you want to try to get fresh dead squid, squid or live mackerel. Live mackerel. If you don't have squid, live mackerel will work caught many, many sea bass on live mackerel. It works very, very well. I like to use live mackerel for bait, especially on the coast when there isn't any squid. Live mackerel fished. Sometimes guys like to put them on a chrome jig. It's called the hamburguesa. They'll put it with a single side hook, like a six, six odd or nine odd hook, not a treble hook. And they'll put a mackerel on a chrome jig and drop it down there, hit the bottom, come four or five cranks off the bottom and let it set in the rod holder. And those sea bass will eat it that way. But live mackerel, when you don't have squids, probably your best way to go. And then if you do go to the island or if there's, they're selling squid at one of the local bait barges, you want to get that squid and you want to put it in your freezer. Yeah, get some to fish with and then put the rest in your freezer for the next time you go out so you have some fresh dead. And that will help you out tremendously. Hopefully I answered that question and hopefully that will help you. And our next question, do you have any thoughts on the difference in boat harmonics between inboard diesels versus outboards when trolling? 
You know what? I personally have tried to not get too involved in that whole thing because there's really nothing I can do to change the harmonics in the water, Rob. But yeah, there's a couple of guys that are way into that and way, 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 they, they use a, a, um, a hydrophone and they hear the, the noise in the water. I don't, I haven't followed into any of that stuff because like when I was doing my guiding thing, I'm on a different boat every day. I can't go, Oh, you know what? We're not going to catch anything today. Cause you got an outboard that's humming too loud. Diesel and wooden boats in the past always got bit the best when we were fishing albacore, when we were, that those boats seem to make the least amount of noise in the water. But if you look at what's going on the last couple of years out here in Southern California with the bluefin, and I know they're not giant bluefin like yours back east there because you're from Maine, but the bluefin that we're catching here in Southern California, those guys are catching them on everything. Outboards, inboards, big sport boats, little outboard engines, big outboard engines. So I don't get that wrapped up in that whole thing because they're trolling around those Mad Max at 14 knots. They're making a phenomenal amount of water and churning up and making all kinds of noise. So I think that has a lot to do with it. I think just the disturbance in the water brings the fish over to see what's going on. Now, if you got a bad hum or you got a bad battery charger or you got something like that going on, yeah, that could do something wrong in the water, but I don't think it's that big of a deal. I really don't. Hey, thank you, Josh. All the way from Iowa. Does chumming dead squid and cut bait work as good as chumming live bait? Well, here's, I have a whole thing on chumming on our website and it's all about increasing the prey density level in the water. The more chum that you can throw out there. And if you're throwing big giant, the whole squid, or you're throwing big sardines or big mullet, stuff like that. That's not as effective as throwing in pieces and parts and chunks and little ones. And we used to have a uh, food processor on the back of the yacht I ran. And we would grind all the bait up with the food processor, the squid or the sardines or the mackerel. And then fling it over like almost like a paste, if you would. We grind it up real fine. And that allows all that bait fish and everything to build up behind the boat, all eating the chewed up, ground up parts. But chopping it all up real fine, that is never going to be a bad thing. It's throwing bait in the water, throwing food in the water, increasing the prey density level and getting that up to a level where stuff's going to actually start to happen behind your, behind your boat. It's going gonna, it's gonna to help you out tremendously, I believe. So, yeah. And if you have a little bit of live bait and it's not big, giant, one-pound bait you're throwing out there for chum, then it's got to have an effect. But you got to remember, if you're throwing out big baits out there, then that fish will come along and eat it. And that'll be that'll fill him up. And then that fish isn't going to eat anymore. So, yeah, more so probably the cut bait. Is going to be more of a better way to do it than uh, throwing out live bait. So yeah, cut bait better than live bait. Hopefully that answered your question. And uh... okay, I was just reading a question. I'm sorry. This is the part that I don't have my baby with me to read the question. So 
Chum bag, we use a chum bucket. We have a little bucket with chum in it. We chop, put some holes in it. There's a whole video on my website all about how it works and how it all comes together. And it's really important to have that chum bucket tied up somewhere up further up the side of the boat, not off the back of your boat. A lot of guys I see like to put the chum bucket or the chum bag off the back. What that does is now it becomes a phenomenal line tangler. It's always going to be in the way. I like to tie it up mid-boat, mid somewhere up away from all the action so that when we do hook a fish, it's not getting caught up in the chum bag or the chum bucket. But either way, whatever you are going to use to get that chum in the water, it cannot, it cannot, oh, gosh, every day at this time, it cannot be a bad thing to have more chum going in the water the best way you can get it. All right, we got a, another question here from Tim. Last trip on my boat, I loaded up on mackerel with the sabiki. Is it only good for chum after freezing or can it still be dropped as bait? No, the thing about the mackerel, once you, once you put it in the freezer, now you're going to use it as cut. You're going to use it as chum. You're going to chop it up. You're going to put it in your chum bucket or your chum bag. You're going to do something with it. And then you're going to go catch some more live mackerel for the day to go fishing with. But yeah, if you were going to fish sharks, then yeah, maybe a dead mackerel. But if you're going to fish sea bass or yellowtail, you're going to want a live mackerel. And those ones that you have in your freezer, those are going to be perfect for chum. Chop them all up real small, a bunch of little pieces, and just throw the. Hey, Marley, I see you back there. Throw those little pieces in the water. You got a really good chance of that working out well for you. Hey, Dave, it's Robert. Go over here. In the spring, sea bass bite at Channel Island likely to be right on the squid beds or inside on the beaches. What happens normally is it starts out in the early spring, late winter, out on the, out on the squid grounds, out in that deeper water, and then those fish will move into the shallows and be swimming through the kelp. And I know a lot of captains up there, and they tell me they approach it by driving through the kelp with a couple guys standing on the bow on their private boats and they'll drive through the kelp and they'll spot fish them. They'll just go real slow through the kelp and they'll see that school of eight or 12 fish swimming through the kelp and they'll just stop and fire a live squid out there or a live mackerel or I know they were using Chad's hookup baits and doing very well on that and that's as the season starts to move on that fish gets into the shallow water as the water temperature starts to heat up but it always starts out out on the squid grounds it always starts out on the squid grounds and you want to be paying attention out there where all that squid is you want to be using a like a, a small white jig with a single side hook a dropper loop something like that paying attention to your fish finder when you got a lot of squid under the boat, you can get flashed by that school of big sea bass at any time throughout the night. You want to pay attention. But the times where it really seems to want to bite the best at night on the squid grounds is when the tide goes slack. Slack low being the best, but just slack either low or slack high. And like I always say, all these things that we're talking about, all these questions and all this stuff, I cover it all on my website at Your Saltwater Guide. And just hit that QR code. It's all over the place. It's on all the comments. Hit that QR code. Make sure you download my app and you'll get all these questions and you'll be able to see all this stuff firsthand, up close and personal. All right, Brandon Smell. Hey, Captain Dave, your app is great. And 
probably close to a million videos on there to watch and learn. And I'm sure they are all great. So here's my question. What is your favorite video on there? My favorite videos on there are all about live bait because I'm a live bait guy. So mine are all about the bait tank, all about bait handling, all about bait loading. Everything to do about bait are my very most favorite videos on my website because they pertain to what I teach, fish and live bait. I'm not a plastics guy. I'm not an iron guy. I can fish the plastics and I can fish the iron just as good as anybody, but that's not my thing. I'm a bait guy. I like fish and live bait. I like the whole thing. So those videos I have on there about bait, just type in the word bait on the search bar on the right-hand side. Type in bait and then watch all those different bait videos and the sabiki rod and the catching mackerel and catch using the chum bucket and all the different things about bait and how to cut up your squid. And all those things matter so much on the proper way to fish in Southern or anywhere. Anywhere that you fish, I don't care where it is, all the fish you fish for love to eat live bait. Wherever it is, I go, oh, I like fishing the iron in Fiji. Yeah, I know. But if you fished a live bait in Fiji, it would be pretty, pretty cool. It would be pretty cool if you fished a live bait anywhere on the planet. Every fish eats live bait. So that's why I'm a live bait guy. It makes it very easy for everybody. And the bigger the bait tank, the better. The bigger the bait tank, the better. That's what I would say. The bigger the bait tank, the better. And uh, yeah, thank you, Brandon, very, very much. And thank you, Robert. And uh, guys, we got about, I don't know, we've been doing this for 40 minutes. Now we got any more questions? Anybody's got a burning desire to talk to me? Let me know. We got a few more minutes here. We'll go back. We're going to talk about um, Larry's deal over here at Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance, gang. Trip of a lifetime, bucket list trips. Go over here and check out, grab that QR code and go look at what Larry's got going on at Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance. You will not be disappointed. You get to go fishing with guys like myself, Larry. A, a lot of regulars do this. It's kind of a cool deal because it's fishing destinations that you can go to. And with a group and you won't feel intimidated because I know going to a new place is kind of intimidating when you're going to go fishing. So what Larry's done is he's put together a phenomenal tour situation where you're going to go fishing with a bunch of guys in an area that you've never been to before. A lot of the stuff like Alaska, Baja, sport boat stuff is all bucket list stuff for a lot of people. And they're intimidated by not knowing what to do when they get there. So what you want to do is you want to grab something like this. So hit that QR code. Go check out what Larry has to offer you. And gang, you get a discount just because you listen to your saltwater guide. Just tell Larry you saw him. You saw his company, Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance, on Dave's podcast. You're going to get a your saltwater guide discount. And uh, Larry's last name is Hanson, just like myself. So you, that can't be a bad thing, right? So check them out. Go over there to Sport Fishing, Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance, and check Larry and the boys out over there and check out all the great deals they got. And there's a great trip on the success coming up in, uh, in uh, April. 
It's going to be awesome. They got openings on it. There's hardly any openings on any trips right now on sport boats. Larry's got a great deal and you're going to get a great discount by going with them. So check it out. And uh, here's a question from Rob about bait tanks. What species can you combine in a single tank? What do you need to separate two tanks? That's a great question. Okay, you cannot put live squid in your tank with live fin bait. I don't care if it's mackerel or anchovies or sardines. The squid will eat them. The squid will kill them and eat them. They like to put their, they like to shove their tentacles into their gills and kill them. And then they like to eat them. You can put mackerel, sardines, anchovies together in one tank. But as soon as you introduce squid to these fish, you're going to want to separate them. Now, there's many times where we have the mackerel in our bait tank and the anchovies and sardines are swimming above them and the mackerel are swimming down deeper because they're kind of like the little bullies in the bait tank. So they take that deeper part of the bait tank where the water flows better and the water's a little bit cleaner and they let the anchovies and the sardines stay up on the top, upper part of it. So that's what I would suggest for you on that deal. And then uh, hopefully that helped answer your question. And Captain Dave, do you recommend, oh, Dan and Kim, do you recommend Taco Bell before a grunion honey? No, <laughs> no, definitely not. If you've never heard my grunion story, gang, you will laugh your butt off if you haven't heard it yet. But uh, yeah, no, Taco Bell and me, we're not buddies. And now any type of fast food in Southern California doesn't work anymore. I've been eating real food down here for four years. Real food, no fast food. There's no fast food places down here. So my body can't handle that fast food anymore at all. It couldn't really handle it before, especially Taco Bell, but it can't handle it now. All right, gang. Hey, real quick. I just want to let you know that uh, tomorrow we got the great Kelly girl coming in on the show. She's going to come. She wants to tell us a, a cute little story about our life together. We're going to tell a little bit of story time. And uh, if you have any burning desire to ask her a question, you can text in any questions you have that you want to ask her about. You can text any question you want. All right. And Kelly girl will do her best to answer and I'll be right there to help her out to answer. And we'll tell a really cool story tomorrow. So make sure you tune into tomorrow's show. It should be fun. And then uh, we got Dave Andreas going to go out of Newport Harbor and try to fish the artificial reef just outside on a kayak. Is it possible to catch some rockfish on the artificial reef? No, but it's possible to catch white fish and sheep's heads. And you want to use very thin strips of squid, make them look like a piece of spaghetti, let them hang down on your hook so the fish can actually suck it up and eat it so that the piece of squid's hanging down. And if... You don't know what I'm talking about over on my website. Once again, we have a whole series on how to cut the squid, how to bait the squid strips and how to use the squid strips. And it's imperative. What I see a lot of people do is they make what we call square meals. They cut that squid into big chunks. Then they put a big chunk onto their hook and they throw it out there. A big chunk is going to get you some nibbles. If you've ever seen a fish, they, they can't eat a big chunk. They can eat a piece that looks like a piece of spaghetti. They can suck that right up. But most fish are going to have a hard time with that chunk. 
and everybody, oh, they're biting. I'm going to use a bigger piece of bait. No, 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 no. Remember, elephants eat peanuts. If you don't remember one other thing I say today, elephants eat peanuts. So, okay, Brian from Corona, what proper etiquette you suggest to tell anglers to keep moving around the stern corner of the boat so they don't move, if they're not moving? Well, here's the problem, Brian. A lot of the people that go on the sport boats, they're not, they're, they're normally tourists and they're not, they're not educated in following their line. So it's imperative that you approach it calm manner. Don't try to talk down to them. Just let them know, hey, it's super important to follow your line throughout the day. On the way out, you can kind of tell the people that know and the people that don't. Just try to have a conversation. Say, hey, it's going to be imperative that we kind of follow our lines around. If you guys don't want to follow your line, that's fine. But you got to let me get through. So if I ask you if I can go under you or over you, just let me go under or over you. I'm not trying to take your spot. I'm just trying to keep from tangling up with you. If my line is moving left or right, I need to follow it. If you don't want to follow your line, that's fine. You don't have to follow your line. You stay right there and get in all the tangles you want. But from the moment my line touches the water, I need to start to move. And just kind of try to explain it to them like that. Will it work? Probably not. Most people are just madder than heck right now. I don't know why everyone's so mad, but most people are just angry. So just try not to be the angry one. Try to approach it in a calm, cool manner and just kind of explain to them how important it is to keep your line directly in front of you to keep out of the tangles. Mike Lewis, so many bait questions today. You were going to make a video showing how to catch bait in the marina or show a demonstration of the system you would use. There are millions of bait fish in my marina I'd like to utilize. Yes, I was. Yes, I am. And I still will. I'm just, I'm sorry. I, that one slipped through the cracks and it's my bad. And I will try to make that video for you here real quick. All right, Mike, I'm sorry about that. And then, uh, will your app help me out in Chesapeake Bay up in Maryland? Well, here it is. Do I know how to fish the Chesapeake Bay? No, but I know how to catch fish. And a lot of the techniques on my website can't, can't be bad. Do I suggest that you get all my spots and all my game plans? No, but you can go through and see the fundamentals. We have about 300 videos on the fundamentals of fishing. And that, that translates anywhere. Tying on your hooks, tying on your line, how to set up on a spot. The fish in the Chesapeake Bay aren't any smarter than the fish in Southern California or in Baja. At the end of the day, they're just fish. So, yeah, I think that there's stuff on the website that can help everybody. Do you want to spend the whole day before you go out searching YouTube or Instagram or TikTok or something for a video on what you're going to try to do? Or you can just go to, to my app and go, okay. Dave's got all these things about knots. Dave's got all these things about spots. Dave's got all these things about current. Dave's got all these things about conditions. Conditions, current, knots, spots, all that stuff is going to translate everywhere. Doesn't matter. Chesapeake Bay, New Zealand, Fiji, California, anywhere. So, yeah, I think there's something on the app for everybody that fishes anywhere that they fish. That's what I think. That's what Dave Hansen thinks. Yes, you can, Justin, for absolutely sure, for sure, for sure. Hey, Dave, nice show. This is Tony. What is the best sinker rig for white sea bass? Okay, 
That's great. Thank you. White sea bass question. Tony here, check it out. Everybody. If you've ever seen, here's the biggest problem I see with everybody fishing for sea bass is they allow their bait to lay on the bottom. So you're either getting a bat ray, a shovel nose shark or a leopard shark because your bait is laying in the sand. If you're going to fish with a sinker for sea bass, you're going to use a small sliding sinker or a lead head. You're going to cast your squid out. You're going to let it sink through the water column slowly. You don't want it to go firing through the water column at 100 miles an hour. And you don't want it to stay right on the surface where the seagulls lead it. So you're going to have to check out different sizes of lead heads and different sizes of sliding sinkers. It all is going to depend on the current, the wind, how the boat's swinging back and forth and how the current's going so that that bait has a chance to sink through the water column. Because if you've seen a sea bass, their mouth is in front. It's not on the bottom like a shovel nose shark or a leopard shark or a bat ray. It's out in front. So you're going to want to mess around with the sinker situation or the lead head. And if you're going to use a dropper loop, you're going to want to make sure that your hook is 18 to 24 inches above the sinker so that your bait isn't laying on the bottom. If you make it like five or six inches above your sinker, the bait's going to be laying in the sand also. You want it to be up in that half a foot to, to one foot off the, off the bottom so that the fish, when he's swimming around in the, uh, in the nest of the squid, he's got a chance to see your bait above all that squid that's laying on the bottom. He's going to be going through there looking for a squid and for him, it's for that sea bass, it's going to look like a squid that's come off of the bottom that's still alive, that's not laying on the bottom all pink and rolling around and all gross. It's going to look like a fresh dead or a fresh live squid swimming above the group of squid. He's going to have more of a tendency to eat it that way. But you do not want your bait laying on the bottom ever. And when you're casting it out, let it sink through the water column. As soon as it stops sinking, that means it's hit the bottom. Time to wind it in and cast it back out and start the whole process again. Like I say on a lot of my videos, fishing is fun, but if you fish proper, it's not a relaxing sport. It's an actual, it takes a lot of work to do it right. You got to spend a lot of time changing out your bait, fishing that water column, making sure that you're up and down in the water column and you're not laying on the bottom and you're not laying on the top. You're somewhere in that area where the fish are actually at. So, if you think it's a nice, relaxing day to go out on the water and just throw your pole in the water and, and uh, grab a beer, well, that's not fishing with me. We're not going out there to relax. We're going out there to catch. And then if they quit biting or we're not catching, we're go I'm going home. I don't have time to dilly-dally and mess around. My time's too valuable and yours should be too. You should only go when they're biting and you should only fish for fish that are actually living in Southern California. A lot of people call me and they say, hey, Captain Dave, I only like to fish for tuna. And I go, well, where do you live? And they go, Newport. And I go, you need to move right now. You need to pack up and move. And they're like, why? I go, because tuna don't live in Newport. You got to get out of there, bro. You got to move somewhere where the tuna live, down Central America or, or the equator or, or the Galapagos Islands or something. You can't live in Newport and only like to fish tuna because that's not what lives in Newport. You need to get out of there. Okay. Here's uh, another question. Trolling speed in different weights. When do you live line 
when do you fish live bait trolling? I'm going to slow troll live baits when the water gets warmer. And when I slow troll live baits, I'm doing like a knot to two knots, maybe three at the most. Slow trolling live baits, I'm just going really slow. And when I'm fishing lures, I'm fishing six and a half knots. Why six and a half? Why not eight? Nine, not seven? Nine, not... Because six and a half, everything can eat it. And if I'm going to use a Mad Max, I can't do it. I'm going to leave that to my buddy Justin Botrell. I'm going to let him drag those Mad Max around at 14 knots. I could do that for like two hours and then I'd run out of money because I can't afford that much fuel. But I'm going to fish, um, slow troll the baits. And then when am I going to drift? I'm going to drift when we're marking fish down deep and we can't get bit on the troll. That's when I'm going to try drifting through them with the dropper loop. I'm going to get my bait up off the bottom. I'm going to try drifting through this. Oh my goodness. I don't know why. I'm not even tired. I'm going to try drifting through there with a dropper loop, getting my bait in that area where that fish is. It's not going to be laying right on the bottom. It's going to be suspended off the bottom. So that's when I'm going to try drifting on them. And uh, hopefully that helps you. We got a couple of more minutes. We got any more questions? We got, I'm going to do this for like four more minutes and we're going to shut her down. Make sure you get my, uh, get a chance to download my app. Make sure you get that, scan that QR code. Make sure you get that taken care of. I'm going to pull that down and we're going to talk about uh, Sport Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance one more time, gang. I cannot, this, this website, I was just looking at it while we're talking. Alaska, Bob, Mexico, so much more. That's the man. That's the owner. That's Larry. You guys want to get hooked up with Larry? You won't even believe all the things he's got going on. I could talk about it for my whole show, and hopefully we get Larry on here soon as one of our special guests just to talk about what he's got going on. But this is definitely bucket list, fishing destination type of deal. You need to go and check it out. You need to hit that QR code, download his app, or download his website, and go check it all out, and give him a call, and tell him you saw him on Dave's show. And uh, gang, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Who's going to get a shirt today? Who, who, who? Matt Starkey. I love the bait questions. I love the bait tank. My bait tank's my main thing. Matt, send us your uh, address and send me a uh, shirt size. We'll get, Kelly, I'll get that mailed out to you. Would you ever use a reverse dropper loop for white sea bass? No, I wouldn't use a reverse dropper loop. I wouldn't even tie it onto my enemy's line. It goes against everything I stand for. It's the lamest thing ever. If you're going to use a reverse dropper loop, though, you better use a circle hook because here's the deal. You can't feel the fish bite it until he's already drug your weight around. Think about that. This reverse dropper loop is silly i mean i get maybe it works good for the rental rods or something i don't know i i wouldn't allow my crew to ever tie on a reverse dropper loop but that's just me i'm old school and i and i probably suck as a captain and i never catch anything but i would not ever use a reverse dropper loop not even ever because of the fact think about it logically let's think about this we're gonna put a big weight above the bait. So you got the bait here, you got the weight here, and now this bait's doing all kinds of stuff. Six fish just ate your bait. 
but they, none of them were big enough to move that big weight around. So you have no idea what's going on. You don't know if you're bit. You don't know if you're not bit. Then all of a sudden, there you caught a fish. There was a fish there that was big enough to hook himself and pull your weight around. Well, I don't want to go. I don't want to do. I want to be engaged in the act of fishing. I don't want. I don't want the fish to hook himself on accident, and then I just wind it up. And that's what a reverse dropper loop is doing. The reverse dropper loop is just a silly, silly deal. You're you're putting the weight above your bait. It's like not logical. That's just me, though. I'm sure I'm totally wrong, and I'm sure the reverse dropper loop works phenomenal for all of you. But I'll never, ever tie it on. So that's our show for today, gang. I hope you enjoyed it. And uh, we will do this tomorrow with Kelly Girl. She'll be here. And uh, we'll tell a nice story. We'll answer a few questions. And then uh, we'll see what happens the rest of the day. Hopefully we get a guest for Friday. I'm working real hard on it. The one we had had, had something come up, so he can't be here. So we're looking for a guest, and I'll find somebody, I promise. If not, you'll just have to put up with me on Friday. But thank you all for watching the show today. Thanks for being a part of. Thanks for all your views. Thanks for all your comments. Thanks for everybody out there that makes my show a success. I appreciate all of you. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Turn off the news. They're all lying.